What? I can't do this. The chair? Yeah, I told you to get you another what? chair, dumbass. It's like gliding up my shirt. What's wrong with it? It's all broken it and weird. Like, the back of it looks like it's all junk. Right, Not gonna, good. Uh, give, put out my elbow. That chair has been very nasty. Not good. Nasty. Very nasty. Very nasty, honey. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Hey, what the fuck is up, everyone? It's State of the Revolution, the Michigan Progressive Podcast. I'm Benjamin Klon. Zachary Reinhardt. Alex Sahori. Matias Sprimmer. Ricky Reynolds. We're coming to you from the studios at The Fledge in Lansing, Michigan. As we tape this, it is Monday, October 28th, and thanks for joining us this week. Uh, damn, guys, a lot a lot happened in like just the, like the last few days. I'm actually kind of glad that we uh, postponed taping to today. Um, but we're starting with something uh, that happened like last week. And um, it's pretty pretty local. Uh, Founders Brewing Company, uh, which is based here in Michigan, specifically in Grand Rapids, Michigan, is being sued by a former employer uh, who is um, um, who is claiming racial discrimination. Uh, I guess uh, he's alleging a racist internal corporate culture. Um, apparently in the office in which he worked, uh, there was, there were, there were printers that were just as an example, uh, there were two printers in the office. One was labeled, uh, a white guy printer and the other was labeled black guy printer. Um, apparently this guy, he, he had, uh, made some, he had made a complaint to HR and just as he was getting ready to file another complaint, he got fired. So, so the printers are literally like colored and white only. Yeah, that's yeah. what they. In in the the the, um, I guess like the joke, if you will, was that uh, the the one printer did not work. So that was that was like yeah, it was it was a really nasty nasty situation going on over founders. Pretty blatant discrimination and racism, kind of mm-hmm. cut and dry. Yeah, um, but you know. Love to if you hear don't see race, HR doing yeah. its job, uh, firing you for complaining on behalf of your labor rights. Yeah, it's human resources. <laughs> um, it's great. Well, like uh, shortly thereafter, like a few days ago, there was actually uh, a transcript leaked from a deposition hearing uh, with uh, with Tr- Tracy Evans's lawyer Tracy Evans is the was the black man filing the lawsuit against founders uh, so there was a deposition uh, between uh, Tracy's lawyer and uh, Dominic Ryan who was the general manager who fired him um, and so we thought we would read you this transcript, which is just fucking insane. And like, we're not writing, like, we didn't write this. We did not make this up. This is a word for word reading. When did you first meet Tracy Evans? 2011, 2012. We had mutual friends before working there. So, okay. So you knew Tracy prior to his employment at Founders? We met a few times. Yes. Okay. <laughs> Are you aware Tracy is black? What do you mean by that? <laughs> Are you aware Tracy is African American? I'm not sure of his lineage, so I can't answer that. All right. Are you aware that Tracy is a man of color? What do you mean by that? No. Do you know you don't know what it means for someone to be a white person or a black person? 
I'm asking for clarification. <laughs> you don't need any. I can promise you that. We'll keep the record as is. Someone's skin color, a white... So that's what you're referring to. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay, yes, I know the difference in skin tone. Are you able to identify individuals what by their skin tone? What do you mean by identify? I mean, have you ever looked at Tracy Evans in your entire life? Have you? That's a, that's a genuine question. Objection, argumentative. You can answer. Yes. And did you ever realize that Tracy's skin is black? That's not... I mean, is his skin different from mine? Yes. How? What do you mean, how? It's a different color. And what is the difference of that color? It's darker. And that, and that means? Objection. Vague question. <laughs> <laughs> I mean... Vague question. <laughs> I mean, we No, could, you can't ask. You can't ask questions like that. I mean, we could... This could be a one-sentence answer, you know? So, by your... I guess your testimony is you have no idea if Tracy is a minority, if he's African-American. I don't know Tracy's lineage, so I can't speculate on whether or not he's, if he's from Africa or not. Okay, I'm sorry, I gotta interject here. But, like, this is, like, the woke racism that I'm here for. Like, this shit <laughs> is fucking hilarious. <laughs> okay. Uh, what do you mean, lineage, from Africa? No, I mean, like, I don't know his DNA. <laughs> have you ever met a, have you ever met black people who aren't from Africa? Excuse me? Have you ever met a black person born in America? Yes. And you were able, have you ever met a black person who didn't tell you they were black? Can you rephrase that? Is Barack Obama black? Objection. To your knowledge? I've never met Barack Obama, so I don't... So you uh, don't know if Barack Obama's black. What What about Michael Jordan? Do you know if Michael Jordan is black? Objection. I've never met him. So you don't know him. Uh, what about Kwame Kilpatrick? Never met him. To your knowledge, was Kwame Kilpatrick <laughs> black? I... You don't know? I don't know. <laughs> Fuck. I, Okay, wait a second. I don't know his DNA. <laughs> yeah, like, like that shit. Like that shit. Like what? Who, what? What are these fucking lawyers reading? Like we the all, bell curve. Like, <laughs> we all know that they don't give a shit about the DNA. You know, this is America. Can I say how much I appreciate that the founder's attorney did not object to the Kwame Kilpatrick <laughs> question specifically? That's well, twice they were overruled by the judge. So, overruled. <laughs> uh, objection. Vague question. <laughs> I just I don't know if he's from Africa or not. I never I never asked him if he was if he was born in Africa. This is like the most incredible game of evasion ever. <laughs> Oh, that was awful. That was, like, significantly funnier than I thought it was going to be. <laughs> yeah, same. I admit that, like, I had read the, like, quotes floating around, but I hadn't read the whole thing. Yeah, I mean, like, when I first saw it, I, I thought it was satire. Yeah. I was like, oh, wow, they really uh, they made a joke out of this one. And I was like, wait, shit, it's this is real. real. Right, yeah. So where is this guy from? Where is this founder's guy from? Like, where was... I don't know his DNA. Go... <laughs> I think he's from, like, the Detroit area. Where did he go to high school Detroit is what I'm DNA. asking. It's, I, I have no idea. Big question. <laughs> 
I mean, he knew this guy before he started working there. So, like, I just don't understand why, like, you know, they, they went met, from... I, I, we they met, met before. once. Oh, they, they, met, they once. met once. Okay. Right. No, they they were friends. Like, they, they were actually friends, yeah, like, before he was friends. hired. Oh, my that, God. I, yeah, I you thought, just read it, Matthias. In the transcript, he says they met was once. It, oh, the, is the that true? The joke is that white people believe that they have more familiarity with a black person they just met because they're eager to develop a black friend, right? That's the joke? Were you making a joke? You know, like, a white person is like my black friend, but it's like someone that they ride the bus with sometimes. My, I'm not sure if this person's black friend. <laughs> no, I, I just, I thought that he said that at the beginning of the transcript. He, he actually says, we met a few times, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think it was it was after the transcript that leaked, the, after the transcript leaked, Tracy Evans is like, man, this is fucking sad, because like, we were actually, we were friends before all this stuff happened. <laughs> not anymore. Yeah, <laughs> obviously not. Never befriend your coworkers. I love the backlash that they've gotten, though, like all across the state, like, uh-huh. Bars and places like that are just dropping their products like left yeah. and right. Yeah, yeah. I don't know when I'm gonna buy Flounders next. It's kind of like ridiculous. Like, um, I was actually like uh, listening to uh, this um, interview uh, that was on a Sam Cedar show recently about how like if these like uh, corporations actually like cared about diversity and like they just need to make the effort. You don't need to hire like a di- like their diversity um like a uh, person just resigned. Yeah, founders and, diversity like director or whatever. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And it's very obvious like why she did that. It's because like she was like this is a fucking bullshit job. Obviously, like this company does not really give a shit to like even uh try to do anything about this. And that's really what uh this uh um uh, woman's I I am uh, blanking on her name right now. But uh, that was her. Uh, that was her thesis, basically. That well, she uh, wrote an open letter to the company, right? When she resigned, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and like um, I think she was saying, like you know, Coca Cola is a great example. Like they just like actually they didn't like hire make any hires. They were just like cognizant of it. They just like cared. Mm-hmm. They they Co- Coca Cola cared about brown people, which is weird to say, but the yeah, ones, that's the what ones she. That's assassinating that's, in South America. Well, not those here, white here people. She's talking problem, about she's right? talking about workers, right? You know, that's actually that's actually a really good point. That you just brought up there. This is the people. problem. This is why people criticize this logic, but right. like. You know, d- diversity positions aren't there even to necessarily like maximize diversity, but to to manage diversity, right? So, so workplaces have to have diversity, so they have to hire someone to make sure that they don't have a like a racial incident, right? That's what they do. Yeah, it's usually like damage control as yeah, opposed yeah. To, and like PR as opposed to yeah. like actual. Um, you know, fighting to make sure that the workplace is diverse. Yeah, or they might be there to like you know fire the black employees when they complain. That is the most depressing uh, description of diversity uh, uh, people. Can can you all tell that I'm mad about human resources right now? (laughs) I think, yeah, you just have, like, some human resources affect your life. I thought you were really into them. (laughs) I I just feel like if... If companies just like really care, or you know, just this stuff's like pretty cut and dry. Like that just should, just should not be allowed in the workplace. Like a blacks only sign. Like in what world is that like okay in the workplace? Uh, the world of Joe Biden's very good friends, <laughs> apparently. Yeah, which uh, like apparently mid-century. Which southern. actually, like they've done like a lot of reporting on this. All that stuff was real, which is like crazy to think mm-hmm. about right now. 
Um, but yeah, like it, it's it's just it's just really sad. Just like you know how uh, you know these uh, corporate lawyers, you know, are making like a million dollars right now to basically spoon feed this defense like to this idiot worker who is just basically uh you know be- being a scab really like you know not giving like you know his uh fellow workers like a like safe and uh a- and you know just free from harassment workplace i think that's a big question about our you know our workplace environments because we are kind of trained to you know if okay so you ex- i don't know none of you work like an office job but if you experience that in the workplace, what you're supposed to do is send it upstairs, right? You're not really supposed to intervene. And a lot of people maybe wouldn't. And that's one way that we're producing these hostile workplaces is by not like co-producing good workplaces. Um, and also just like hiring towny racists from, I don't know, I kind of want to guess what suburb he's from. <laughs> um, Wixom. Wixom. You heard it here that, first. That makes a lot of sense. You I've heard it here first. This man is from Wixom. <laughs> <laughs> Dominic Ryan. That explains the southern draw. I get it now. Exactly. <laughs> no, yeah, that shit, that shit was like hilarious. Wixom, Wixom, South Carolina. <laughs> Once he started talking, he was like, fuck, I'm going to lose it. <laughs> I had like a, a panic for a second. I was like, oh my God, how am I going to read this guy? <laughs> I had to disguise my voice. <laughs> I mean, it's it's really boring otherwise, you know. It's, like, it's it's fun to play a part. Yeah, that's how you know it's bad, though, is the fact that, like, even just, like, repeating the words that come out of his mouth are just that embarrassing. Yeah, Founders, bad. Founders, Not bad. Not good. Yeah, boycott. Weren't you, a, weren't you a big Founders drinker, Zach? I was. Yeah. Was. Yeah. Yeah. Now we like are. we like New Holland now. <laughs> well no, New Holland's trash. I like New Holland a lot. It's pretty good. Dragsmo? Yeah. Oh Dragon's Milk is actually awesome. Stop I, it. I, stop this. I hate it. I but actually I, but feel I, like Dragon's Milk is extremely overrated. Dragon's Milk is the only one I do like for New Holland, but like the thing about it is that that's not a beer you want to drink all the time. It's, it's just gonna happen again. The founders is all of them. Yeah. And you're all going to get fucked over, and then you're going to have one last beer to drink. Alex, you only drink White Claw. That's not true. I haven't drank in a White Claw in a while, actually. He's holding a Bud Light right now. <laughs> White Claw is fantastic. So, uh, yesterday in Detroit, Bernie Sanders had a fucking sick rally. Uh, we uh, had uh, Rashida Tlaib and uh, Jack White. So fucking rad. Yeah, I didn't get to go. I was so fucking mad I didn't get to go. I mean, like, I've seen, I've, I've been to, like, four or five different Bernie rallies. So, like, at first, I didn't care that, like, I was scheduled that day and I couldn't get anyone to go for my shift. And then I find, found out that Jack White was going to be there, and I was so goddamn angry. Did everyone have to take their phones? Did they, they put their phones in the little black bag? No. No, I, I no. recorded basically the whole performance. Yeah, that was... <laughs> That was a joke. Yeah, I did. I did watch the. I did watch the live stream. It was, it was a ha ha. <laughs> no, like um, it was. It, that was my first Bernie rally, and it was like incredible. Just like you know, just seeing everybody there, everybody just like on the same page, just like no, they everybody knows in that room that it's about like the one percent versus the ninety nine percent, and it's about class and. It's like, and it's going to like go beyond like race and hate 
in everything that Trump like tries to drum up. So like and and it was so it was very like beautiful to see. Mm-hmm. If yeah. you told me uh, five years ago that I'd be at a Bernie Sanders rally for president with Rashida Tlaib and Jack White headbanging next to some DSA folk um, to Seven uh, Nation Army, I'd have been like, "You're full of shit." <laughs> but uh, that fucking happened yesterday, and it was fucking rad. Yeah, was it Seven Nation Army that he opened with? You no, you closed with that song. You no. tweeted something, and I didn't get to listen to it. Was it you, Alex? It was Icky Thumb. Icky that was Thumb. my okay, favorite that's song. Your, okay, yeah, that's my, he opened with Icky Thumb. He yeah. opened with Icky Thumb. <sighs> yeah, Dude. it was fucking, which is my sweet. favorite White Stripe song, which is yeah. great because. Uh, uh, there was a bunch of people, because, you know, obviously Jack White post, uh, posted about the thing, and there was, like, a bunch of, like, conservatives that are like, wow, I can't believe Jack White's getting political. And I'm just like, what the fuck? Did you guys, like, not listen to the words of the songs you yeah. guys are listening to? So, yeah, it was... Uh yeah, it's like awesome. all the like all the shithead like white dudes who like loved Rage Against the Machine when they were like twelve years old, oh and then they grew up and started listening. And they're like, "This is this is all political. I don't, I don't like this. <laughs> These guys <laughs> don't respect the cops, right? <laughs> <laughs> like like they identified with killing in the name. Uh, the part where he screams, they, "Fuck you! Don't they don't only do what ident- you tell me. They only identify with that part, right? The, just those words because the like entire- they're thinking like, "Fuck you, mom." I'm do what you tell me. <laughs> no, exactly. The entire verse does not matter. They do not give a shit who is burning crosses and who is working forces. They're just like, do not tell me what to do. Ron Paul 20-whatever. Yeah, like, I saw this really, uh, I saw, like, this really funny meme on uh, Twitter. You know, there was this right-wing, like, shithead uh, who said something similar, and uh, this one person started it out with like uh, something it was something like finding common ground with the machine <laughs> oh fun. yeah that no, that was funny. like a whole that and was then like everybody else yeah everybody else just started like going in on it and just like with their own little uh, variations of it. It was pretty funny. No, no, that was like a whole thread of like, you know, like someone complaining about Rage Against the Machine like being political and like anti-cop and like, like it was just like hundreds and hundreds of replies of people like doing like variations on uh, the name Rage Against yeah, the Machine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I know what you are talking about now. Oh, you saw that too. Yeah, yeah it was it was funny. I was uh, I was really happy to see that he did. Uh, We're gonna be friends, which like brings back like the memories of like watching like Napoleon Dynamite when I was in high school. Yeah, uh, I'll have to take a look at the set list. I think he did. Um, he only did like four or five songs. Yeah, it wasn't you know. too many, but it was uh, it was pretty great. I was a really big White Stripes fan in Metro Detroit with their first two or three albums. Because remember, I'm like a century older than all of you. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, then, and Jack White is actually also, you know, from the 1800s. Yes, yeah. he is. Yes. Um, he keeps talking about malts. <laughs> sorry, continue. It's okay. It's okay. That there's there's. <laughs> what happened? I don't. What were you gonna say? I don't know. <laughs> but it's not really important. Okay, so so here's what I was gonna say. Um, I grew up. So that whole conversation you guys just had about Rage Against the Machine. Um, I've heard this discussion of like suburban white kids who liked Rage, but I grew up in a trailer park. To be fair, a suburban one. So like we had we listened to Rage because like we were poor. Like maybe you know like they were also a lot of racists, but. I, you know, the white stripes for me were also a form of class consciousness at that time, particularly like those first albums. Um, 
they were really, you know, uh, songs about deindustrialization, songs that uh, like aestheticized like certain modes of poverty in like a problematic way, right? Like Jack White's masculinity, where it's all about like being macho and violent, but it really like was critical in in some ways sometimes, even though he is really like that in person. Um, but it was really important to me, that kind of representation in like ostensibly like an art kind of like, you know, he was an, an art figure and yeah. he wasn't like yeah. he wasn't like sublime, which is also art. But, um, you know, so it was like to me, it looked like a class conscious kind of art figure that was mainstream. And, and that was a big part of what I related to. You know, I'd never really heard Jack White talk before up until I watched the live stream of the rally. And I was surprised to find out that he actually does talk like his impersonation of Elvis in Walk Hard, a Dewey Cox story. Mm -hmm. Dang, Elvis Presley, you didn't have to rile him up like that. <laughs> what now? No, excuse me, what? I'm just saying, we gotta follow that. And... Well, sometimes you have to go all out when you're the king and you can't help it, you know? Because there's only one man who's a king. God picks him, hand plucks him. One night, God looked down all the millions and millions and millions of people, man, and he decided which one was the best, and it was me. And he plucked me from all those millions and millions and millions of people, man. Yeah? Listen to this right now. There's two things you need to know. Uh -huh. I'm the king, and number two is, look out, man! Look at that, they're coming at you, you see that? It's called karate, man, and only two kinds of people know it. The Chinese and the king. But one of them is me. I don't know if you guys ever saw that movie. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, no, it that is a, that is a good one. Um, but yeah, like uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah, the rally was just like like even beyond Jack White, just like Rashida came out and it was electric. Um, shout out to the uh, Cast Tech band; they mm -hmm. did a great job. Yeah, yeah, that was really fucking sweet. Dude, they were getting down too when uh, Jack White was playing. They oh, were yeah. like throwing down it was really cool yeah so like uh we were um you know just everybody was just like ecstatic and bernie really just you know did a great job of this speech was different than the queensboro speech the queensboro speech was definitely like or the queen the queen's bridge street uh, <laughs> uh the the queen's bridge rally in the Queensboro. Yeah. in the Queensboro. The borough of queens <laughs> jesus christ anyway On a street well, something I noticed I'm about sorry. this rally when I was like when I was watching the live stream, it, I could I could sense like this really intense like righteous rage in his voice like more than I ha had heard in any of his other speeches. No, exactly, yes, and like that one was a lot more like for a broader audience. This one was for like working class militancy. Mm -hmm. This mm -hmm. one was he was it was like what I was kept saying like after the speech was um it was like a take no prisoners type of speech yeah just kind of listing like honest like dude there might have been more booze than cheers in the speech like there were like lots of like we booing and just like so like exactly what you were saying righteous rage just being so mad at what the political establishment has been allowing for decades now and you know bernie sanders has been fighting for that you know, as long as he's been in office. Yeah. I think going on the uh, tour with Rashida um, prior to the rally kind of um, probably ignited that a little bit. You know, it's hard to walk through Detroit and look at the uh, way that the people have to live there and then see Little Cedars Stadium and know how much money yeah. went towards that and not just feel that anger. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. Rashida, uh, Rashida Tlaib's speech was phenomenal. I thought it was, it was, I thought it was be uh, a little bit better than AOC's. Um, it was a really, really, really she, good speech. She's better. Like if we're ranking the squad, let's be honest. <laughs> I don't, I, I mean, I, I, I'm, I'm pretty like, 
Uh, I, I always say that Ellen Omar is yeah, like number one for me. I don't understand the request and I won't <laughs> respond. But yeah, like I, I kind of give like AOC and uh, Rashida kind of like they're they're both just they're they're both they're all just one a b and c they're all the best mm-hmm. that's really what it is yeah he completed he basically i mean a i'm just kidding <laughs> AOC. Don't answer. no a is ellen omar and then b is i guess aoc just because like she's the most popular but but right. Rashida's local, so you want to know what fuck it she's a R- Rashida kicks ass because she's detroit and you know i think that these, you know, these are cities along. She serves. She represents a city or an area that is a very old working class leftist city. You know, there's been third poorest in the country. Yeah, yeah. So this is this is why they kick ass, right? They represent the working class in the Midwest that the media often forgets. Yeah, the the, multiracial working the class. The best cities in America. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she she does a really good job as well of just. Um, she ties like her Palestinian identity to like class struggle, mm-hmm. which like I found like really inspiring. Um, like you know, I kind of grew up like I my dad's a doctor, and like you know, so I grew up like pretty comfortably. But you know, I grew up on stories from my dad. Uh, you know, when he uh came into uh uh first came into North Flint, and you know uh you know getting bullied around the neighborhood and never, you know, like hanging out with friends, always working in his uh, father's store. And, you know, like that's kind of like that like story that, you know, like when she talks about like her uh, UAW family and just like, you know, knowing like what that this is like, you know, what is important. Like that's like why like all my family vote too, you know, like they all see that as well. And, you know, so like I just... I I really, you know, felt like it was very powerful for me specifically, you know, just, you know, because of my background. But I think she does. I think she just does a really, really, really good job with that, because a lot of people will be like, you know, um, oh, she's like she focuses more on Palestine than like the her congressional district. Mm -hmm. But you ask like her Congress people, that is not true. And they're not. And or you you ask her constituents, it's just not true. And you know, like they're they don't they, they don't see like you know the Palestinian identity as like you know a uh, as like something that you know you have to be like cautious of. They yeah. see it as an asset. Yeah, and it's you know that's a big part of Detroit. It isn't weird in Detroit to think of yourself as Palestinian or whatever it may be. That's like that is also people people kind of want to deny this, but that is a working class way of relating to identity. Um, that like you know is written out of these conversations. Um, and, and Bernie does this too, right? So he's he's taken shit for not being Jewish enough, not talking about his his Jewishness enough when his Jewishness is oh he's always talked about how it relates so closely to his class and where he grew up in where he grew up in the US. That is what his Jewishness is, you know? Yeah. I was uh this is my first rally of the twenty twenty cycle that I've been to. And I will say um the diversity of the rally was significantly um, more diverse than the 2016 rallies that I went to. So that was a pleasant surprise to see. Um, people of like all different uh, faiths and backgrounds were represented there. So the volunteers was, that was um, super diverse. Yeah. Well, in the, in the, the energy behind it, they needed a, they 
we're trying to get 150 volunteers uh, for the event, um, and they ended up having nearly 300 um, show up for the Damn. for the volunteering. So it was um, <laughs> they had more help than they needed, which you know th- that helps these rallies, keeps the cost down, and things like that. It helps mm-hmm. clean up afterwards, and for sure. So this was really cool. I mean the there's a there's a definitely a different energy um, this time than last time. What kind of police presence was there? Um, it was actually pretty minimal, um, to be honest, which was uh, something I kind of I kind of liked. I mean, obviously they had a few, uh, just because you have a presidential mm-hmm. candidate and mm-hmm. a congresswoman, you know, that many people. But yeah, it wasn't like uh, overbearing like I've been, you know, some other mm-hmm. rallies that I've been to. Were there any like counter demonstrators? Uh, yes, there were uh, Trump uh, protesters um, across the street. Uh, I would say, what would you say, about 25, maybe? Dude, like 13, probably. <laughs> like, it yeah. was so, like, pitiful. Um yeah, like I saw, I heard one person be like, "Oh, look, it's half of Shelby Township," <laughs> and I was just like, "Holy I, I was shit!" Gonna ask what high school they went to. That sounds right to me. <laughs> and I was like, "Give give Shelby uh, Shelby Township some credit. They have a lot more racists that live there." Can I tell you something about that part of the state? I was looking at uh, electoral maps from the last presidential. Um, and so I was actually Rochester's where the trailer park that I lived in went. And it takes up a lot of space uh, because politically the whole city kind of wanted to choke off this area. They kept trying to push us out of the school district. But if you look at the map, it's like right on the border of Macomb County, which is famously like extremely red. And like the bluest part of that part of that part was the trailer park, because the only thing in that um, in that area was the trailer park. And they like voted Democrat because they're poor um so it was really hilarious to see this like extremely stark red blue at the at the border of macomb and oakland county just because they put this trailer park in the middle of nowhere and it gave them disproportionate political power (laughs) i don't know if you guys uh if you guys saw this today or not but uh just today uh a poll was released uh that was conducted by the victims of communism memorial foundation holy shit that uh (laughs) that that found that 70 percent of millennials say that they are somewhat or extremely likely to vote for a socialist candidate all right sounds good to me Mm -hmm. okay well never mind we like the victims of communism (laughs) (laughs) friends of the show (laughs) victims of communism like adolf hitler <laughs> it is it is pretty heartening to see though like young young people you know more moving further left yeah that was really interesting i uh i just want to say um in that poll i actually seen the results of that and it was like uh it was like 66 percent or something like that of gen z and it was 70 percent of millennials mm-hmm. so uh we're more left bitches yeah bring it on zoomers <laughs> wait we're, not, we're more left than the zoomers no way <clears throat> That's what the data says, but I mean that's according to victims of communism. So you know, you gotta I think, take a look I think it'll shift over time, though. Yeah, that's know. only because they let, haven't uh, had enough time to read. Yeah, I was gonna say let, let, uh, <laughs> let Gen Z make their way into the workforce first. <laughs> TikTok, TikTok is making uh, Zoomers reactionary. I was saving a conspiracy theory for you guys. Oh, did cool. you did you talk about the the Tulsi stuff? I didn't listen to your last episode. Oh. We we, we like, touched on really it a little bit. Yeah. Do you think that um, Hillary? This is what I think. I think that Hillary did that shit. She did that shit on that podcast because she knew that Tulsi would endorse Bernie, and she wanted to drag Bernie into the fray of that. 
that's what I think. Mm. I mean, possibly. Uh, my my take is that she. Um, you know, I'm saving this, but I think uh, it was to get her name out there and to kind of test the waters for her to come into the race. Yeah, because there's also myself. like polling um, agencies uh, that have been switching out polls and putting in um, Clinton as opposed to Biden in the polling. Yeah, to see how things line up or Michael Bloomberg. Why? So, and she added a policy section to her uh, website. So God has forsaken us okay i just want to throw that out there god god is dead but if he to all of our listeners who believe that god is real why does he hate us so much isn't america supposed to be god's chosen country am i wrong here no no i'm not there's a several thousand palestinians that have died for a case otherwise <laughs> I've been saying this since the beginning of this year. I would love to watch her get in the race because she would just she would just fucking eat shit. I and I think it and actually she would. would split, uh, she would split the centrist vote. Yeah, according to the, those polls that did have uh, Clinton and Bloomberg uh, replacing Biden were extremely good for Sanders because mm-hmm. uh, yeah, Sanders mm-hmm. loses no support and all the other like Joe Biden, Elizabeth Warren, yeah. and all of those folks lose support. Because so. yeah, Sanders wouldn't lose the vote of any person like who would vote for Hillary Clinton. Mm-hmm. Or am I, if I'm, I don't know if I'm phrasing that correctly, but, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I, uh, I think it'd be very funny if she got into the race. Yeah. I don't think it's going to happen. I mean, it's probably it's not very, very unlikely, There's but no way. there is a, there is a former, I, 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 I saw an article, uh, recently where they like, quoted a former advisor of hers who says that she thinks that God put her on earth to be president. Okay. So back so to why God like, hates us. Not to, not to, um, well, anyways, I, I think that speaks for itself. Yeah, I think you're right. Uh, one of my favorite tweets from her is, uh, the one where she tweeted out a picture of herself as like a five-year-old girl and said, future president. Yeah. No, you, no, no. That know, came up again recently because it was just like the, like the uh, anniversary of that. Yeah. Well, and, uh, um, ironically enough, uh, you can just say you can tell that uh, all the same people that ran Hillary's crap campaign are running uh, Kamala's crap campaign because mm-hmm. uh, she did the exact same thing. Yeah. So mm-hmm. um, in in light of uh, the revelation that God has put Hillary on Earth to run for president, no, to be president, to to be yeah, to be president. Sorry, my bad. Sorry, God. Um, <laughs> I am transferring my support to Alex. This is not God's chosen country. We're fucked. So maybe you guys can uh, fill me in here a little bit, because I didn't follow this very closely. Uh, but last night, uh, freshman congresswoman Katie Hill announced that she would be resigning uh, because of allegations that she was having an affair with a staffer. Yep. Uh, yeah, to quote Matt Getz, uh this is some bullshit, guys. What the hell? Yeah, I mean, it's like revenge porn. And I'm, I'm, I'm honestly of the belief... Um, I mean, so obviously, what, what, what happened? What do you mean by revenge porn? What happened? Um, so, like, uh, text, photos, and uh, all of the bunch were uh, leaked to the press um, from uh, Katie Hill's uh, husband or ex-husband. Her yeah, ex-husband. Dur- during, okay. they're currently in the process, right? Of yeah. yeah, they're separating. Yes. Yeah. Um, 
and and there's like I'm 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 a little bit mixed on this one. Uh, obviously, like the revenge porn stuff. Like anyone that is involved needs to be prosecuted and punished, including the uh, news agencies that did that, because yeah. there are laws on the books against it, and it's just like. Um, I mean, like, I, I I know Red Slate, for instance, uh, they were, they had, like, posted, like, the screenshots of, like, text messages that went into, like, very descriptive detail and things like that. It was very, very gross. Um, but then on the other hand, like, there's, there's, there's two things at play here. One, I'm, I'm not really that, like, the, what, what people, what people do in their personal lives, uh, especially with, like, um, relationships and things like that, I'm not, to I, I don't really find that that interesting and I don't find it like disqualifying or anything like that. I mean, I think that's just kind of part of life. Um but the problem is the power dynamics mm-hmm. which is, you know, you with the staffer it's much more tenuous than that. So, I mean, <clears throat> but there's also a lot of bad faith actors and going after her for all the wrong reasons. Sorry, mm-hmm. was the thruple thing real or was that a rumor? No, that's that's real. Okay. That's real. So okay. Wait, what's the thruple thing? So she they wasn't were, just having a relationship, and the, the staffer. There were multiple staffers, right? Um, or I think, was there just the one? I think it's just the. I one. I think it's just the one. And it was a oh a woman, um, but her husband was allegedly also in this relationship. So he oh. was, and so so some of the they pictures, were like a polycule. My understanding oh, uh, was that like some of the photos, which I didn't look at because I'm ethical. Um, some of the photos were like. Not not consensual, right? They were taken because they were all participating, or they were taken with each other's knowledge, probably. Yeah. Um. So my question here is, where where do you? Th- so she, you know, so she she chooses to resign. There was, of course, going to be an investigation, and she chooses to to take a stand on this, which I think is cool. But where do you think the controversy actually lies in this? What is controversial, really? Like, what is the... Okay, so the eth- we know where the ethics violation would lie, right? But that's not what the public would necessarily be concerned about. Mm-hmm. Do you... Do they you- just think it's, like, salacious, and it's just, like... I think the Demo- like Democratic establishment would be like, oh, this is, like, mm-hmm. distracting. Mm-hmm. Right? I think this is just another, like, example of just, like, you know, Democrats not really standing by, mm-hmm. uh, you know, their people. Yeah, or like their alleged progressive positions. I'm not saying that like that like um, woke people are like all into thruples right now because they're like they haven't really discovered that yet. Uh, but like clearly, this was like an issue of her sexuality, and that the people who supposedly are you know their main progressivism is about like standing up for so-called gay rights, and all of a sudden like. Mm. Too scandalous bisexual. I, yeah, no. Well, it's like we we like gays, but we want them to be like Mayor huh. Pete. We do not I, want you know, gays I don't, I don't that go to. I mean, I don't know if I agree. I agree. I think we're all right here. Um, okay, here's why I was thinking I mean, about it. She she's got a point there. All right. Here's why I was thinking about it. So, like, I'm going to run for office. Like, I think I mean it. Like, eventually, I'm going to run for something. Uh, it's a calling. God is speaking to me. Oh, okay. <laughs> and I was thinking, like, Change okay. Change of plans. So I God has ha- chosen our country. I don't have, country. like, the cleanest record. Cleaner than other people, maybe. But surely, there's plenty of dirt you could discover about me. Um, I think that's going to continue as, and especially with, uh, I just, as young people become more involved in politics. I thought I was like, okay, well, and on the city level, I was like, you know what? The people who would vote for me are my peers. Most of them are young, although older people also really love me. Um, and I was like, it doesn't matter, right? Like whatever is out there probably doesn't matter. And now I'm like, Hmm. It might matter. Mm-hmm. Is there a uh, like labor uh, or is there a um, union for uh, congressional staffers? I don't know. 
Because, like, if there was, like, you know, there should be procedures for, like, this type of stuff. Because, like, this stuff is bound to happen. Like, you're bound to have, like, a congressperson, like, be in a romantic relationship. And, like, if, you know, uh, that, you know, arises in a not, like, you uh, malicious or um, toxic way, you know, uh, that should be, they, they should be given the opportunity to continue that relationship via, like, a transfer, maybe. Yeah. Like, you know, like, you know, you do, a tr- like, an intern or, like, staffer swap with another congressperson. The, the You know, so the issue at hand here that makes this complicated, so, like, for example, I'm going to talk about workplace issues again. If I were to date someone in my workplace, um, they, I don't actually remember what the rules are, but most workplaces like mine, they would, if there was an imbalance of power, they would just transfer one of us, right? Just mm-hmm. like you're saying. Mm-hmm. But the imbalance of power that's going on with the staffer relationships is not just about like a boss and um, inferior situation. Um, it's also a political issue, right? Um, so which may not resolve itself by a transfer, may or may not resolve itself, right? Sure. Um, like you couldn't really work for the state and have a relationship, or at least in in the same place, you couldn't really. Could you? I don't know. I feel I feel like that wouldn't be ethical. Even if you were working for like another congressperson, well, that wouldn't even be worse, right? So I don't think this could resolve Wait, itself that way. How would that be unethical? Well, I don't know. So I I don't know. I still think that um, even if you were working for another congressperson, then all of the congresspeople are you're working for all of them, sort of, right? Maybe not like in on paper. Um, all those. I don't know. I mean, I think I, I think I, there's I enough see, separation, but I, I kind of see where you're going with this. I, I see where you are going, hmm. and, and especially like if the, like maybe this uh, staffer ha- is like um, transfer, like you know, in the relationship is transferring to like a office that of a congressperson that has like maybe less clout, right? Like, yeah, but there's also things like okay, so conf- there would be conflict of issue of interest issues, right? Mm-hmm. So like if you're in a relationship with someone who works in this branch in this capacity, and you work in this branch in this capacity, there could be things you'd probably just have to declo- disclose them to your employer, but right. um, that that could you know cause problems. Yeah. I think that politicians should should be like uh, priests. That'll I, go. I mean, I, I, I don't. I, I think that's I think that's a little. Uh, yeah. Or yeah. like people that have to record Kanye albums. Apparently. Wait, which kind of priest are we talking about? <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> we're talking about uh, Catholics or Protestants. Uh, I think there's like a little bit of uh, the ones sexism that... going on here too. I don't think yeah, that yeah. they. Uh, oh, I don't. I don't sure. know if it, if this was a um, a male Congress uh, person. I don't know if they would be pressured to resign or. If there would be uh, as much controversy over this, um. I, you know, so something that I have been thinking about is that they are these people are making. I'm thinking about this with some of the other Me Too controversies. People are making decisions to resign, and those are political decisions. And I think she made this decision, and it was a smart one that allows her to do something politically, maybe elsewhere, but like to make a statement, if nothing else. Um, she could have just gone through the investigation, right? She could have. Which mm-hmm. would suck for her, but you know that's always it's always a political decision to resign when you're um, an elected official. I think that the most fucked up thing is the revenge porn yeah. part. I think that that uh, sets a very you can re- you can report on the story without yeah. disclosing all of that 
like yeah. illegal basically yeah and the framing uh, the framing content. where like the headlines are like all oh, leaked photos or something like that no yeah. the, mm-hmm. this was like an act of malicious revenge this was mm-hmm. not like you know some like passive no, leak mm-hmm. this is like a this is like a premeditated like attack on this woman like yeah there's definitely like uh ethical things involved but you know you have the sexism you have uh the patriarchal aspect of the revenge porn and um i mean when you take all that stuff into account i i kind of disagree i don't think she should have resigned um just be like it would have sucked going through that investigation but you know i just think that democrats need to do a better job of like protecting their own mm-hmm. like you see like yeah. w- like their republicans steve king is still in congress guys mm-hmm. steve, defended yeah. Roy Moore. steve I mean, king is still in congress guys really and, right and, and and kate and, and we're and we're like and we're uh we and, throw people out at the fucking first sign and katie yeah and katie hill is resigning like i don't think dude we don't get brownie points for being less hypocritical than the republicans mm-hmm. like we should stop that yeah I like you absolutely and, and, like you know like absolutely and, and you especially because you want to know what politics is complicated sometimes you're forced to make conflicting decisions mm-hmm. <laughs> all right and you know like that's that's going to be a problem for every politician you have to do your best to navigate navigate around that and uh you need to be smart like this is just i don't think this is a right move at all to mm-hmm. like resign i think if i were her um well i wouldn't have a relationship with a staffer because i i'm i'm really puritanical about that sort of thing but if i were her Mood. i probably would have you know i like i like the statements that she made but if i were her i, I think you're right like i would have just been like this is closed-minded about my lifestyle <laughs> Right, taking the offense, basically. Yeah, but you know, like yeah, you, it would be chill for her to be like, "Listen, it's 2019." Yeah, it's also just really hard, though. Yeah. I mean, I because I mean, I, I'd imagine that part of it is, you know, by not by resigning and getting out of the way, you know, she's. I'm I'm sure there's like protection not only for herself but um, possibly the staffer that she yeah, got yeah. involved with yeah. as well. So I mean, it's it's yeah. a it, she's really put in a tough situation. Just a shit show. But, yeah, you know, uh, som- sometimes I just feel like I know that this is like 10 years too late, but sometimes I'm just like shocked by the close mindedness that America still harbors about sexuality. That is mm-hmm. just like the bare truth of it. Like, yeah, fuck the Daily Mail for a uh, post it and that shit like yeah. right wing rag. I like, like I said, going back to the beginning, I just I just think that like people's personal relationships just really aren't aren't mm. like they i don't know why that's yeah i mean i don't like to frame it that way because that's what they said about bill clinton and that wasn't you know yeah i mean yeah that's true um and it's, this sorry, is an me, adult me, this was me, an adult yeah, like yeah, yeah. okay intern. so i want i want to clarify that for the listeners that i didn't necessarily mean monica Lewinsky exclusively but bill clinton has been accused for many decades of mm-hmm. sexual assault of many women who are public faces in, yeah, in the and, world, so. yeah, yeah, consensual and non-consensual. And that was written off. Yeah, not just the Monica Lewinsky thing, but the the other things were written off as his personal life, just like it is in every other um, what we call a sex scandal that is like a sexual assault scandal. Jeffrey Epstein will live forever. Um, I, <laughs> Thanks, you know, Alex. I do want to say that um, I think what you say about um, American conception of se- sexuality being extremely closed-minded is very true. And I really do believe it when I say that, like, you know, Mayor Pete is the acceptable mm-hmm. face of homosexuality, you know, and Katie Hill is, mm-hmm. you know, uh, um, th- these people do not want to 
have gays that go to bathhouses or, you know, do thruples mm-hmm, or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever. These these are the people, you know, when Ronald Reagan addressed mm-hmm. AIDS, he said that, uh, you know, uh, morality and mm-hmm. science teach us the same thing, you know, that barebacking in the bathhouse means that God is, you know. Yeah. You know, it's like there is... Uh, there is something very insidious behind all of this. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. That that was my favorite Matthias comment to date, I think. Thanks. Um, yeah. So so I, I think it's really important to talk about, again, like setting aside the labor issues, to, to really remember like what um, this kind of like revulsions about sexuality, what that was politically over the... And it wasn't that long ago, right? Um, being disgusted by people doing freaky sex things, freaky gay sex things is hugely political, right? Joe Biden... Joe Biden literally came out for gay marriage before Barack Obama did. Like, this is not... (laughs) This is not that far ago. Oh, my God. Holy shit. You know, to think about these things is like, wow, my mind is blown. (laughs) So earlier, I, like, well, we were talking about, like, doing this uh, for the pod, and I go... uh, Jesus Christ, why do these people make me defend a centrist? <laughs> and, uh, yeah, you said, Zach, that uh, she sports like, um, Medicare for All and uh, Green New Deal. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I mean, that that's one thing that I I don't know anything about her politics right. know, at all. I feel, like, I think, didn't you guys say that she I, I like, saw, is, represents Orange County? The 25th yeah. District of California, which I believe is Orange County, if I, if I yeah. remember correctly, but it, it, don't. I saw Vice News do a profile on her like last year when she was running, um, but I didn't really get a sense of like how like left she was. Did they right. drop acid with her? <laughs> so yeah, I'm just I'm just kind of here. Vice. I mean, it. so like it, it's it's especially idiot. it's especially bad like that she's resigning if those if that's the case. Um, but you know, if she's all kinda, those people are having throubles. Right now in Orange County. Yeah, that's real. That's real. That, that is absolutely true. There are probably more throuples than couples in Orange County. <laughs> I also think, like um, you know, I was mentioning earlier, with uh, more young people getting involved in in politics, I think that this is going to become um, something that we're going to have to confront. Eventually yeah, with everybody because, taking a picture of everything. Yeah, I mean, mm-hmm. everybody's you know, got, everyone's in their got like nudes and things like that, mm-hmm. or just like um, you know, things they said on the internet when they were you know younger and things like that. There's going to be a lot of uh, so we're gonna have to like come to terms with uh, one acceptance of like um, you know obviously different sexualities that like we're talking about um, and just sexuality in general, um, but then like also like people like uh, like growth like allowing like you know this idea that you know not everyone's stagnant. People need to not drag me for my problematic tweets. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is kind of an interesting conversation because this conversation is happening right now with the kind of. On, with the online left, I'm looking at Alex because I think he's probably the only one who can meet me on this conversation. So the cer- you know certain dirtbaggy left has been making this argument that um, you know that it's just uh, puritanical behavior to search people's Twitter for problematic things, and a lot of us, like myself included, are still like canceling people for shit they say online or whatever. But we do all have to make a decision it, because very soon it's going to be people who have been on Twitter their entire life as the political base and we're going to have to make a decision are we going to continue to like resign just because of something that we someone said on twitter i don't know i don't have a position on this but this is going i think this is going to be a major issue eventually and like 
those of us sitting here are the people that are, you know, we're all politically active in some way, might be making these decisions for a campaign at some point or something like that, right? Yeah. So what, what do you think that the, the, the argument pro um, someone who has been on Twitter their entire life? We sh- the, the, there is not a problem with going back to their going back to their tweets from 2019, uh, you know, in three decades and being like, you said X, Y, Z. Boom. You're out of here. Mm. Like what? What is the argument for that? It's interesting because the argument for that sometimes right now we what we debate about is because right now we're talking about things that people said in 2012. And so the debate is like, well, it was 2012. Uh, but eventually it's going to have been 2019. Right. And we're always growing as a society. So there's always going to be something um, where, where growth happens. I mean, like, I mean, even myself, like, you know, I'll be the first to admit, like, I haven't always been, you know, quote unquote woke when it comes to uh, trans issues. But, you know, mm-hmm. as like I've been more um exposed to trans people and you know listened and mm. learned uh and developed uh you know it's it's grown so like there has to be room for growth i think yeah i mean like this is a separate conversation you know because you sh- you demonstrate growth yeah doing... th- and that's that's another thing too there has to i think the difference like you know this quote-unquote cancel culture right. um canceling people that like like people yeah. that have had shown growth and people that haven't um is two different things right but then we're also like measuring people like we're measuring people's skulls at a certain point right okay wait yeah here's i mean question yeah for you. Zach, this is a question for you okay so i would like for so i'm gonna run for something what am i gonna run for like immediately i'm primarying Alyssa slotkin right and oh, i would like right. you i would like you to be my campaign manager because yeah, i really trust you do you have me wipe my twitter um no actually i i am actually of the belief and i think the per, the the candidate that i've seen handle this the absolute best is uh lee carter from virginia and uh what he did is he's like look i've had things in my past that are bad here they literally all are is he yeah. the guy and he did like, the preemptive <laughs> blackface photos um no no no, no. that was a republican that was a joke but i actually think that like i think that is There's the right move line. i think yeah. coming out and because I think you I think hiding sure it that all your blackface photos that are is out one in thing the I open. don't have. <laughs> no, but I this no. my advice to you as a campaign manager is I need all of your blackface photos <laughs> on my desk. Stat. I'm sorry, but we can't move on from this. No, like this guy released the blackface photos and didn't apologize. Yeah, <laughs> like he was just like, here they are. Yeah, like, these are there. Uh, okay, well, just <laughs> FYI, these exist. Like, wait, wait, whoa, whoa, whoa. They they need to like, uh, is, isn't apologize that something that you're amends. supposed to be doing here? No, his poll numbers went up. <laughs> like, so you, yeah. you were talking about Lee Carter in Virginia. Yeah, just like how he um, basically released every like problematic thing that he had said or did on the internet, and basically, I think, I think the idea if you try to like scrub. Um, what you've done in the past, it's trying to hide it and it, it misses an opportunity to show that everyone can grow. And I think taking the opportunity, mm-hmm. um, can actually be a growing moment, not just for, um, you know, oneself, but mm-hmm. for the uh, community at large. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It also can be like, that sounds a little bit narcissistic. Like somebody just, you just want everybody to look at all the fucked up things you did, you know? Maybe. I mean, it's going to, it's one of those things I where it's going to come. I a little is why I said that. It's going to come. I think it's going <laughs> to, if it's one of those things where it's going to come out anyways, I think it's best just to get out in front of it and not let it be used by your opponents. And, uh, I mean, it's, it's, you know, if it's, if it's in your past, you kind of just kind of have to fess up to it. 
So I think we're out of time now. <laughs> um, I'm not really sure. We uh, we went into so many tangents that are getting cut out of this episode that I just I just uh, forgot about the stopwatch. This so. is eugenics. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. <laughs> um, so if you're still here, uh, thanks for listening to this week's episode. Um, make sure you subscribe to our show. We're on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and now we're on Stitcher too. So if that's where you get podcasts, you should what? subscribe to us there. What? Apparently, it's a popular podcast app. I don't use it, but people have asked us in the past to get on Stitcher, so we're on Stitcher now. Oh yes. These names, these names just keep getting... Yeah, I know. Okay. Anyways. But you can uh, go like us on Facebook on uh, at a State of the Revolution. Follow us on Twitter at SOTRpod. Um, you can email us at SOTRpod at gmail.com. Send us your questions, comments, and threats. Also, uh, you can subscribe to us on Patreon. Uh, if you like our show and you want to support us, then uh, please subscribe to us there. You can uh, find us at patreon.com slash Michigan Progressive. Yes, Alex? Yeah, guys, just please, um, you know, get on Patreon. Please subscribe <laughs> on Patreon. Like, Ben is... Ben works very hard to edit this show and be very nice. You know, we, we, we go I, off on I tangents. Do, we I don't do make it easy hard. on them. We, I try really hard to make it easy on him, actually. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I edit the show. I compose all the music. I'm the only one who knows how all the equipment works. If you go on Patreon, we will give you access to our premium inbox where you can send... You can fast track your threats to us. <laughs> so if you want to fast track a death threat, five dollars a month. That's right. Premium inbox, baby. And you'll have like exclusive access to our CIA handler talking points that they <laughs> that we get handled. We, we every will, week. We will. Oh yeah. Oh yes. <laughs> you you will get access to all bonus content, which we have just started producing uh, on a regular basis. Uh, a couple weeks ago, we. Uh, had a really cool conversation with Michigan Attorney General Dana Nessel. Uh, barring any massive fuck-ups, we should be talking to <laughs> we should be talking to uh, Shahid Buttar, uh, who's running uh, to unseat Nancy Pelosi out in California uh, tomorrow. So we'll have that episode out in a couple of days. But you only, you only get to listen to it if you are subscribed on Patreon. So go do that right now. Uh, signing off, I'm Benjamin Klon. Zachary Reinhardt. Alex Sahori. I am sick as a dick. <laughs> Damn it. Ricky Reynolds. <laughs> Can I do that again? No, it's fine. No, it's, perfect. it's fine. <laughs> it's perfect. And cut. <laughs>